three major areas of excellence. Number one is the area I called operations. Operations. I got in a, a, a number of scriptures here, but I'll try to avoid reading so many. I'll take just one or two and then... Let's look at operations. Now, I'm going to try my best to make this a very practical session, very practical teaching. Operations. Operations of ministry. Operations of um, our businesses, what we do. And in operations, we look at five areas. Number one, excellence in communication. Excellence in communication. What do I mean by excellence in communication? Areas like um, advert materials. Advert materials, your products, preaching, your media outreaches, etc. Um, a few... A few days ago, I was in Abuja. Uh, I went to the American Embassy. There is something I noticed, and I'm going to tie it to excellence in communication. I'm planning to attend a conference in uh, in Dallas, Dallas in the US and they said that conference is an international conference so pastors from all over the world are invited for that conference I registered for the conference and then they said they were going to dispatch registration materials and letters to four weeks to the to the meeting I registered with $200 and uh, this is this is one week to the meeting. Conference materials has not gotten to us. I called the Bishop TDJ's correspondence. They put me on hold for 35 minutes. You know what it means to be on hold for 35 minutes on international call. And in those 35 minutes, they were playing TDJ's preaching for me as if that's what I want to hear. And then I sent them a mail that I need to get the conference materials to be able to go to the embassy and do what I want to do at the embassy. All my documents are ready. That's just what I'm waiting for. I sent like six mails, no reply. Yes. Now, I, I'm, when you talk about the subject of excellence, you see, God is a perfect God. If you, if you want to do ministry and you intend to do ministry excellently, then do it excellently. So I got some contacts, some of my contacts in the US, they started calling them. They were calling them, they were putting pressure on them that our pastor is coming, we need that letter and all that. Until my appointment at the embassy, there was no letter. Eventually I got to the embassy. They looked at all my documents. The lady said, okay, 
there is a letter we need. If you can bring that letter between now and on Tuesday, come and collect your visa. Now we started calling again. Nobody speaking the calls. But then why did you advertise on the net that it's an international conference? Now, many times we say things we don't even understand or things we don't mean in ministry. If you want to pursue excellence in ministry, you must be conscious of what you say. You must be conscious of what you're doing. Say what you mean and mean only what you say. Five years ago, I was to attend a conference in Ghana. It was publicized. It was on the net. One of the biggest churches in Ghana they would have their pastors conference, pastors and leaders conference. You won't believe what happened. I started calling the number that they put on the net. Nobody's speaking the phone. I called for a period of two weeks. No response. They didn't even return. I just told my friends that were planning to join me. I said, these people are not serious. They are not serious minded people. I don't want to mention the name. It's, that's one of the biggest churches in Ghana. Excellence. Don't put a phone number on a CD that belongs to somebody who does not pick his phone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it has a way of putting people off. Especially serious-minded people. If you want to do ministry for the serious-minded then you too must be a serious-minded pastor or a serious-minded leader. If you are not ready to package your ministry in communication, don't start it. How can you call numbers in a magazine or on a CD that nobody picks? It just shows that that organization is irresponsible. They are not responsible. Praise the Lord. So, we, we must, under operations, we must, we must operate excellence in communication. Don't put a website that is not working, sir. Don't tell people, visit www.gkai.net. And then when they log in there, they will see site under construction. What kind of embarrassment is that? And some of our pastors, leaders, we are too busy to check these little things. You see, there are people in the ministry that interface with outsiders. If you don't monitor what they do, they will send a wrong impression about your ministry to the people outside. That's why every pastor must, must have a, a very personal interest on what goes on in his or her media department. Because you see, media is what sells your church. Media. That's what sells your church to the public. Advert materials. Please, if you are dealing with printers, check spellings. That's why you cannot print, you can't print a handbill for me. You can't print a handbill for me if I have not seen it. I must, you must send it to my box. I must read through it. Check every letter. Let me give you an example. I came up with a vision to put billboards across the city. 
and I have started. The first one we did, they charged us 29,000 for one. A very massive bill bought. I told the printer, go there, this is the bill board, measure it, make the exact size of the flex. He went there with a tape. <laughs> you see, if you must walk with me, you've got, to be, you've got to be on your toes. He went there with a tape, left there, came to my house with that tape in his hand that he has measured it. I gave him money. He came out with his flex for the b-board. The length was longer than the, the board itself and shorter than it. You, you know when you see those kind of things, when you see them in a dream, it's a bad dream. Longer than the pole, shorter than... So by the time they fixed it, you know, I sent somebody to just join them and fix it. When they fixed it, I called them, they said they are done. I said, okay, no problem. The next day I went, I must, I must check anything you do for me. I went to check the work. And I discovered that it was longer than the board, shorter than it. So they just stretched it there and fixed it. The first person I attacked was the pastor that went with them, one of our pastors. I told him that, has he ever seen me do that kind of work before? So if I send you to go and pastor a brand, that's the kind of b-board you'll be putting where you go to. And I told them that I want that thing removed. Let eyes not see that evil that is there. And I called the printer. If you want to keep working with me, remove that thing fast. Go and reprint it at your own cost. And of course, they have gone to do that. They did that yesterday. I went that same yesterday to check the work. I said, now you are doing something that looks like where I'm going to. Because you might not have a second chance to make a first impression. First impression matters. There was the second Sunday, the second Sunday in January, when I was driving into church, I met a lady who had a problem switching off the light of her car. Obviously, it was the first time she was coming there so when I got there, I saw her battling with it. I asked her what the problem was. She said she couldn't turn off her light. So I went, helped her, turn off the light. She came into service. After service, of course, she stood up as a first-timer. And they attended to her. And they asked her, how did you come to church? She said she saw a billboard of the church at Ogunu. The small one. She was driving past when she saw it and something, uh, when I, if I say something now, you might think it's something spiritual. It's not spiritual. She said she got attracted to the face and the name that she saw. She drove to Kosini. That thing she saw kept disturbing her. So she drove back to Ogunu to look at what she saw and said, wow, wow, I, this is, this is uh, I like the neatness of this thing. She copied the name the address of the ministry and that's how she came to church the next day, Sunday. Your materials, you know, they, they speak louder than you. In fact, they see them before they see you. There are some people that will see your hand be, they will tear it, they won't even read it or they will throw it away. When you see handbills that has uh, many colors, multi-colors, 
It doesn't speak of excellence. You must choose, choose your color. Now, our, our, in our logo, our, our major color is red. So I have to make sure that the rug on the altar where the pulpit stands on is red and patches of black. I bought a very beautiful light recently that carries the globe that turns when you put it on. Of course, nobody knew in that church that I was the one that bought it. I bought it, and when I was making choices, I had to choose red. It must match your logo. Maybe as, as we get on, because I will talk about operations, I will talk about events, then I will talk about facilities, then we will stop there. Is that okay? I'm trying to make it a very practical session. Whatever you are projecting as a pastor must correspond with your ministry color. Ministries should have colors. Ministries should have logos. It must correspond with what you're doing. It has a way of making people who are in the secular world, people who are into... Uh, People who have traveled, when they see such things, they know that you know what you're doing. Are you following what I'm saying? I remember in the first meeting, we talked about a few of those things. The CDs are available. Please try and get them. <coughs> Excuse me. So your, your, your advert materials, your ministry products, your preachings, your media, all of these things should be in place. Number two, there should be excellence in people's care. Excellent customer care. Whether you like it or not, the people we lead are our customers. The people that come to your church are your number one customers. Customer service. Customer service must be excellent. This is where the ushering and the protocol people come in. You must organize training for your ushers. Please, your ushers should not wear slippers to church, no matter what the kind of service that's going on. Because they are the first set of people. You see, let me tell you something. Church growth. Church does not only grow by prayer. So. Are you following what I'm saying? On Thursday, day for yesterday, <laughs> I was with Dr. Mike Mudok and the pastor that was hosting him. I was invited to Transcorp Hilton in Abuja. And <laughs> see, eh? It was Pastor Sam that said, let a pastor go to the mountain and fast for 21 days for his church to grow. Then let them put him in Sheraton Hotel to be eating and drinking. He said when they come out, his church will go, grow faster than the one that's been on the mountain. You see, because many times we are praying and we are not thinking. And we spiritualize everything and think that everything about church organization runs on prayers. Not only on prayers. 
there are some people that can never be attracted to your church if there is no excellence there. Never. They can never. Go and pray. If as you are praying, God will speak to you that it's my will for them not to come. Now, I am not saying that for every level you are in life and in ministry, so that I, I don't paint a picture that you need all the money, like I said in the last session. You don't need all the money. At every level you are in ministry, operate it on excellence. So that when, when the, the, the class people in the society steps into your church, even with the little that you have, they see that everything is in place. They will know that this man looks, he knows where he's going to and he's already living like where he's going to. What I saw there, sir, the day before yesterday, <laughs> I saw packaging. When you say packaging, I saw packaging. And one of my friends and I were talking and he said, you see, if you want to reach out to some of these people in Abuja here, make your church look like their offices. Does it make sense? Make your church look like their offices. Now the man talking with me, where he uses for church is two million naira per use. He uses it Wednesdays and Sundays. How much a week? Four million per week. How much a month? Sixteen million per month. And he told me that somebody has paid from January to December this year. When I heard it. <laughs> somebody has paid from January. So when he was talking to me, I was calculating <laughs> the money per annum. And then another person would be thinking, so what kind of waste is this? Waste? Go and buy land. Go and buy land. How many of you are aware that Tony Blair is in Lagos now? Him and uh, Oga, good luck. Do you know what they are doing in Lagos? They are dedicating Polade for church. He has been building that church since 2000. How many years now? 13 years. He's been building that church. <laughs> the problem is not money. They will build and scatter. They will build and dismantle and then rearrange and all that. Meanwhile, where they are using for church, they are paying hundreds, hundreds of thousands per service. My wife doesn't like hearing those kind of things. Because my wife is very conscious of land. <laughs> land, land, is land. Like they should go and build. And you see, you see, Pastor Sam was, was telling us in one, one class we had with him. He said, when Pastor Paul, I hope you edit some of these things out of place. Don't put it on tape. I just want to make sure we get everything. So I don't want to conceal anything, all right? Pastor Paul went to him and said he wants to move House on the Rock to Museum Center. <laughs> he said, he laughed. He laughed. He looked at Pastor Paul. Then he was using somewhere else. House on the Rock was using somewhere else. And now he was saying he wants to move the church to Museum Center. 
He said he was sitting on the chair and then he started laughing to the extent he would have fallen from the chair. He told Pastor Defarasi, you want to die? You want to move church to where? You know how much for Muzan Center? Then he said, let him risk it. He said, if I put the church in Muzan Center, it will attract the class of people in the society that will pay for it. And he took the step, entered Muzan Center, <laughs> do you know that the people started coming to church in Muzon Center because of the way the place looks and the people that came were the people that paid for it since 1996 to now how many years how many years 17 years yes in fact about a year ago they moved from Muzon Center and went to Eco Hotels and Suites, which is three times more expensive than Muzon Center. But you see the funny thing. The people that pay for those places, the place will attract them. Am I making sense here? Now, once I was, with, uh, I was in Reverend Chris Okoti's church, I actually went there to worship because I wanted to see their style of worship. That then I had not even started church. I noticed there was a lady that sat beside me. Seems small young lady. She, obviously she didn't look like she was married. And then when Pastor Chris said it was offering time, package your offering, and she brought out a checkbook. In my mind, I say offering, you are bringing, you want to write 500 naira with check. So I was very interested in seeing what she wanted to write. She wrote a check of 1 million for offering. And I noticed that people were bringing checkbooks. Uh -uh. I said, Lord, this is the kind of church I know you want me to pastor. <laughs> I'm telling you. One man's roof is another man's floor. Life is in levels. But what I'm saying is that we can attract our customers by proper, excellent customer care services. Let's not do many. I'm, I'm, let's not get canal. That's not what I'm saying. Let's not get canal in serving God. But what I'm saying is, if we do what we should do, it will attract the kind of people. You think there's no money in worry? You think so? There's money here. Hmm, serious money here. There's a friend of mine I went to see one day. We were talking. Now, I went to see him because the previous day we had met at Estate. And then he got excited. Hey, Pastor T, Pastor T. And you know, he's a, he's a very funny person. I don't want to mention his name. Everybody here will know him. He's a very funny young man. He was my junior in secondary school. And then with all the people around him, he just knelt down and said, oh, bless me, man of God, bless me, man of God. <laughs> I was even feeling embarrassed. And then I touched him, I said, God bless you. Ah, he said, pastor has blessed me, hold on. He went to his car, opened his boot, gave me 600,000. Ah, ah, just like that. He said, pastor, just use this one to wear your car first. So the next day, when I, <laughs> money day, money day. You see all this annoying prayer where you pray that because money never touch your hand. <laughs> if money touch your hand, your prayer language could change. You are just criticizing people. 
You see those ones, they are not going to heaven. They are kind of, forget. They will get there. <laughs> Amen. They will, let's, let, you see, anything you criticize, you can't attract. No, you can't. So the next day, we were in his house. Some bankers came. You know, yes, our pastor, wait, let me finish with this people. <laughs> How much did you people bring? They brought two Ghana must go bag of money. Two Ghana must go bag. And then he asked them how much was inside. They called some millions or so. He said, What denomination? They said, uh, Was it 500 or 200? He rejected it. He said, They should go and change it to 1,000. That, that's the money he wants to use to spray in a marriage he wants to go for that evening. So he wants them in 1,000 denomination. Now, in your mind, you might be saying, that those are blood money. Eh? Say that's what you may be thinking. Well, what if that kind of person worships here, sir? Hmm? And through your message in your church, the person gets converted and now sees himself as someone who God has saddled with the responsibility of taking care of things in church. Paul said, when we return from Macedonia, there were wars within, right? And there were wars without and fears within. He said, but God, who knows how to comfort his own, sent us comfort by the coming of Titus. There are certain Tituses, when they step into your ministry, sir, you will relax. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, what I'm teaching is how to put excellent structures in place to attract those kind of people. Because whether you like it or not, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to everybody. Everybody. We must reach them. So in our, in our operation, we must be conscious of customer care services. When a service is good, one person tells a minimum of five people. Right? I'm giving you genuine, real statistics. When a service is good, one person tells a maximum of five people. But when the services are bad, one person tells 20 people. That means only 4% comes back to complain, but the remaining 96% speaks with their feet. <laughs> Are you hear what I'm saying? Only 4%, <coughs> excuse me, can come back and tell you this, that this is what we notice, this is what we observe. 96% don't, don't talk. They just walk away. They go away, they don't talk. Number three, under oppression, learn to reward good performances. Let us structure reward services in our churches. You like call it award services. Let people be appreciated. Let people who are working. You see, secular organizations do it. There was one time, I can't remember which of, whether it was this total I went to, this total filling station here, and I saw the photograph of one of their staff. They called him the staff of the month or so. Total staff of the month. An NPC here. Let's come up with a reward system, maybe annually, maybe once in six months, and 
Honor people who have stood out in their services in church. Honor them. It's a way of projecting excellence. Honor them. And you see, Christ Embassy does this a lot. Let me tell you something. Two years ago, some mountain of, uh, mountain of, is it miracle and fire? Of mountain of fire and miracle. Two of their pastors came to see me. They said that there's a big problem now. As of then, I don't know if they solved it. I give them my own counsel and I pray to help them. There's a big problem there. And I said, what's the problem? They said they pray here a lot. They pray fire down. That if they share some testimonies. In fact, when I was in Port Harcourt, when I was schooling in Port Harcourt, there was a woman that the husband used to beat. They were, she, she was staying in Borokri, aspect of Port Harcourt, the town part of Port Harcourt. The husband will beat her because of her love for God and church services. One of those days when she came back, when she came back from church, the husband was waiting for her. The husband beat the wife almost beyond recognition. Dragged the Bible that was in her, in her hands. And then he was trying, struggling to tear the Bible, but he could not. So he just carried the Bible, walked a distance, threw it inside the river. Three days later, he was coming back home, stopped somewhere, bought fish for the wife to prepare for him to eat. Bought the fish. When the fish was sliced, the Bible he threw was inside the tummy of the fish. Without stain, nothing wrong with the Bible. The husband took off. That's one of the many kinds of miracles you hear in that place. Especially people who belong to the vomiting ministry. You can go there. Now, he said that they have noticed in Mountain of Fire that when all these people have come and prayed and killed people and have you know, if you are praying in Mountain of Fire, your head must be moving. When they get their miracles, they go to Christ's embassy to share their testimonies. Are, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Once they get what they are looking for, you won't see them again in church. So, why have you not been coming? And they say, the Lord is good. I now worship in Christ's embassy. And they said they discovered that they have all the spiritual powers to cast out demons and perform miracles, but they don't understand excellence in ministry. And people naturally move towards anything that represents excellence. So now, they are sending all their pastors for training. Send them for training. So they wanted me to do a training with them in their church there. And I told them that no, I don't think I'm called for that now to go and be doing training for. As well as I'm already considering, maybe I'm, I don't think I should be preaching in other churches like that. I'm beginning to think maybe I should just stay on my own first for now. Because sometimes too much preaching service is not good. Too much outside preaching. And then your church is there suffering. So we must reward good performances. 
Number four, excellence in trainings. Excellence in trainings. Maxwell, let's organize trainings. Organize trainings. Train your workers. Even if it is one hour, train them. You would think they are not hearing. You might think it's not working. But as long as your talking is sinking, train them. Talk to them. Teach them how to dress. I taught some of my pastors how to wear tie. So they used to not tie. When they knot the tie, they will keep it. They don't lose it. So that another time, once they want to wear it, they just... I said, no, you are destroying the tie. Losing it when you finish. I will show you how to knot it. Knot your tie. Dress very well. Tuck in your shirt when you should tuck in. You don't fly a shirt and wear a shoe. I have all those trainings. Train them. Train the ushers. Train the, the protocol people. Train the pastors. It will yield. It will produce fruit. Until that is done. You see, many times we pray for growth. And God feels for us because if he releases the growth, we don't have capacity to sustain it. <coughs> Excuse me. Have you not seen churches that growth destroyed? So when you are asking God for growth, God is asking you, are you ready? What's the capacity you can take? If your present capacity is 100 people, that church cannot go beyond 100. Fast and pray. Until you start building capacity, until you start training people, where, once God sees that you have built and trained people, he doubles the membership. Forget it. One man plants, another man waters. Increase comes from God. You like, do strategy, do except God brings the increase. Nothing is working. And we must get that when we want to grow our churches. We must understand the God factor in church growth. That growth comes from God. So you strategize, you do this, you do that. Growth comes from God. But God must look at the place where he wants to send that growth to if we are ready. So there must be excellence in trainings. Excellence in training. You know, uh, Pastor Maxwell, what I'm going to do, because I definitely will not be able to finish this, I'm just going to forward a mail to you from here now that has this material so that uh, those of you with uh, email addresses, you can get soft copies of it. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. So let's train people. Let's see, in our small church now, I can give you more than 10 people that can preach and you won't feel my absence in church. Are you following what I'm saying? I can be out of church for one year. I have more than 10 that can preach this Bible and you will not feel the absence of the senior pastor because I have trained them. I believe in training. So let, let there be excellence in training. Train your people. Train them to do things. I have told two of my pastors now, 
I said, first week of June, you are traveling with me. Let's go to, let's go to Abuja. Let's, let's go and see what's happening in some places. So it will help you prepare yourself for the future. Train them. And lastly, under operations, let there be excellence in our worship. Let there be excellence in our worship. Where does this one begin from? Are there music people here? Praise worship leaders. If they give you microphone to lead praise worship in church, please stick to your time. <laughs> you know, you know, our senior pastor here, he's a very humble and quiet man. I don't know why people that are like this, eh, they, uh, people just take advantage of them. Come to my headquarter. Come and try it. <laughs> I can give you a microphone. I'll tell you five minutes. Then be talking there. That would be the... In fact, let's not go there. You know, there was a time somebody came to preach for the late archbishop. The man's time had passed. He was still talking. They sent him note. He was still talking. Archbishop told the people there to switch off the amplifier. <laughs> they switched off the amplifier. The man was doing hello, hello. The man, Archbishop, went and took his microphone. <laughs> Go and sit down. What are you talking? If they tell you to lead praise worship for 10 minutes, please worship God with your eyes open. Look at the time. Ten minutes, walk away from there. That's excellence in worship. Excellence in our worship services. Package your... For some time now, do you know when I start preaching in church? I start preaching before praise worship. You know, because people have believed that, okay, business class, okay, general um, workers prayer meeting will start seven. And it will run for 20 minutes. Business class will start 7.20 to 8 o'clock. Then praise worship will start. After praise worship, pastor comes up by 9 o'clock. And I did it without any announcement. Now, after business class, I just go up, take the microphone. When the church is not even up to half field, I start preaching my message. So that before they start coming down, I've closed. Are you following what I'm saying? I don't know, it's like tomorrow now, sir. Tomorrow is like it's 7 o'clock, I'll start preaching. 7 sharp, bam. I'll just preach to 7.45. <laughs> when they come, it's, it's, it's finished. Listen, eh? I, I, lock, I lock people outside. Though. I will just lock you, I will keep you outside until the service is almost over. Then when it's offering time, they, they open the doors, come and give offering, bring your offering. <laughs> you know these human beings, them, if you play with them, they will just mess things up for you. They, they will make you believe that, they will make you feel that God didn't even call you. So just, just give instructions. That's what leaders don't suggest. You give instructions and you follow instructions. One of our ministers in church, I asked him to take charge for five minutes. He preached eight minutes. 
I warned him. Eh? I told him if he tries it again, and he will be in this church for one year, he won't touch this microphone. What are you, five minutes? Is five minutes not enough to say what you want to say? You first of all read scripture. You know you have five minutes to preach. You finish one full chapter. Who do you want to explain it to now? You start from Acts 20. And you know Acts. Acts, their, chapter, their verses are very long. <laughs> you finish from verse 1 to verse 30. By the time you are in verse 35, four minutes has gone or five minutes has gone. Then you want to share revelation. No, 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 no. It's wrong. You don't do it. Okay? Even if you have a pastor who is smiling when you are doing nonsense, be conscious that time is time. If they gave you 10 minutes, stay on your 10 minutes, drop the microphone and go. Is that okay? Our service used to close 10 o'clock. We fixed it for 10 o'clock. We discovered that I was always overshooting. 10 o'clock. I would go to 10, 10, 10, 15. And one day I thought to myself, my wife said, come. Why is it that anytime you are not in church, we close early? You know, women, they have their own way of talking to you. So I now asked her, okay, are you saying that I talk too much now? He said, no. Anytime you are not in church, we close exactly 10. So in that pastor's, the next pastor's meeting, I said, okay, church closes 10.30 now. And we said to him, he said, yes. If you say 10, close your service 10. Don't, don't go and be doing what you don't need to do. If you say 10, close the service 10 on the dot. Is that okay? Okay, I still have 10 minutes of my time. Let's look at events, excellence in events. Number one, under events, maintain services, programs, departments, and ministries that are necessary. Don't start a department in your local church because another church has that department. It might not work for you. Don't get competitive unnecessarily. You know what a friend of mine asked me recently. He said, don't you have daily devotionals? Your personal, Tony Atier's daily devotional. I said, what is daily devotional? He said, then he brought his own. <laughs> you see, if you are not a very secure person as a pastor, people will confuse you. You know, those days when we were in secondary school, we were so intelligent that if you ask us to define diffusion, if we can't remember diffusion, we'll define osmosis for you. So we'll lead, we will lead you astray. You, you are the teacher, you will even forget the question you asked. We will tell you what we want you to hear, and you will score us. And he said, so, I said I don't have devotional, and I don't, I don't I'm not even thinking of it. Man of your level, you should have. You see how they confuse people in this world. A man of your level should have your own devotional. I said I use uh, uh, redeem devotional, open heaven. He said no, that this is own. In fact, this is own. He says them by himself. <laughs> don't don't go and do something because a church is doing it. Do. Only what God tells you. My pastor said, that is, is, I have asked him several. I said, sir, what's your secret? He said, do only what God tells you. That's all. 
Don't say because a church is doing this, you want to do that, a friend of yours. You will come under certain wrong influences and then you start doing things you are not supposed to do. So maintain only the services and programs and departments that are necessary. Don't ride a dead horse. How many of you have ever heard that Pastor Sam Adeyemi did, did all night, all night, uh, what do you call it? All night miracle service. Have you heard it before? I have a friend of mine, eh? he's a bishop in Port Harcourt. If you are inviting him, once you mention all night, ha, he will tell you, I'm sorry, I won't come there. Tell him that there will be 10,000 people seated there and you will give him one million love offering. He will tell you it's not coming. All night. That if he goes for all night, his life will be useless till Monday. All night has a way of making him feel very useless. That throughout Saturday, throughout Sunday, he will be useless. So he doesn't go for all night. Not even in his church. He doesn't do all night. But you see this part of the world, we see somebody doing all night and people are trooping there from other churches. You see, man, if I start this all night too. You see, if you, if you do what God didn't send you to do, you will, you will carry the load by yourself. So don't, don't, and then what you even call convention? What, what, what is church convention? You see, this is because this church is doing convention or that church is doing convention. You too want to do convention. These are programs, examples of programs or events that if you are not sent to do it, don't start it. Is it okay? Is that okay? Number two, make your event as easy as possible for people to attend. You know the question I'm even asking. What does it take to run, to stream a live service on the internet? Can, can, can uh, Kingdom Development Center stream a, a live service? Can we do it? As in, while pastor is preaching here, we can watch on the internet. Is it possible? It is now. Ah, oh, it is. It's very possible. You see, some of these things, we have not even gone to check the prices. We've not gone to check from technical people what it costs to do this. So we just think it's one big thing somewhere. No, it's not. It can, it can be done. I, I asked my friend that this man that is paying two million per service, four million every week, and it doesn't look like he's ready to live there now. Are you following what I'm saying? I said, these people, is, what do, is it, how many heads do they have? Is it not one? What are they preaching? No, be sincere. What are they preaching? There's a man in Portacot, if he's preaching, huh? a man who beats his wife is a foolish man. I said, a man who beats his wife is a, is a, he has finished preaching. 
<laughs> he has finished too. But he runs five services. No, I have questions to ask God. <laughs> Sometimes he will come to church with two handkerchiefs. He will just tell them to play music for him. He will dance and dance. He dances very well. And then when he drops the handkerchief, he will tell you, if you are here, you are not born again, you are going to hell. You are going to... Then me, I dare you to share it. See how I'm sweating. They share revelation depth. <laughs> this thing does not what is the grace of God. <laughs> this grace. So you think I will go and jump inside well now because I, I'm teaching revelation and it seems like it's not working. Lila, I won't do it. I will just stay on what God has asked me to do. That is what God calls success in ministry. When you stay on your duty post. Be consistent with what he asks you to do and do it. You know that man is building his church now. They say from his altar, from the altar to where the, the last seat is, they need to drive you on car to get there. You can't walk it. That gives you an idea of Was the one that went to pay tithe to Bishop Oedipo. Bishop Oedipo is his father in the Lord. He went with 10 Ghana must go bags. 10. Those big, big, big ones. And then somebody was already there before he came there that came with, with 5 million to, to give Bishop Oedipo. They said, drop the 5 million there and go. We'll tell Bishop Oedipo that you brought tithe. Ah, he said, no, this is, this is five million that he likes to see him and present it by himself. They said, Oga, somebody just dropped hundred million and went. Drop your five million and go. <laughs> A friend of mine went to Canaan land recently with one million in his, uh, he wrote a check of one million to go and honor Bishop Wedefo. When he got there, he met other people there on appointment who were coming to pay tight. People were dropping 100 million, 200 million, 150 million. He said he just told himself that no need. <laughs> Let him carry his 1 million and go and go and gather himself. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that it is God that grows a church, but we, we must not jam our churches, jam our meetings, and make you think that it's when you run program. Don't build your church on programs. Don't build your church on every month program. You call this team, call another team, design another team, the third month. If you start church that way, you will need programs to keep the church running. And when there is no program, the church starts dying. So keep it simple, make it easy. For people to, to attend. And then make sure the address of your church is, con is conspicuous. Alright? Carefully select service times. Provide maps or directional signs in your advert. Now, I, don't, I think, I don't know whether it was joke. Uh, Godon said 
I think it should be a joke because, you know, anything that comes out of Gordon's mouth should be a joke. Is that not so? He said an illiterate pastor wanted to write the name of his church on the billboard and he wanted to write, The Lord Reigns. He didn't know when he wrote, The Lord Resigns and pasted it there. <laughs> so, people started leaving the church and people were not even bothering to come there. Check your signposts Check the advertorials. Check the names. All right? Give description in your handbill. And um, let me take the last one. I still have three minutes. Let me take. Okay. Add, it, add this to it. Have symbols and visual identity. Now, what am I saying? Uh, Maxwell, let people see this sign. This sign here. Walk towards it in such a way that if nobody sees Kingdom Development Center, once they see this, what strikes them is Kingdom Development Center or the face of our senior pastor. That's, is, that's what we call visual identity. And that's what in the last two years I have tried to create in our own local church. Once you see that flame, three flames, red flames, what should strike you is Beulah. So whether you see the name Beulah or you, see, or you don't see the name Beulah or you don't see my face, once you see that flame, that, those, those three single flames, you just know that this is Beulah. That is a visual identity or symbols. So have symbols so that you can just even put this thing in a cup. Put it in cups and use it as a gift. Paste it somewhere. Go to Plaza. Ask where the toilets in Plaza is. Paste that on it. So that people will just be seeing this. They, they don't know what it is. It just looks like a half, half moon. Okay? Or something. They don't know what it is, but they've not seen this. That's how the power of advertisement works. They just put it there. And... Over time, people in the city have seen that. They've seen that on Facebook. They've seen that. So once Kingdom Development Center name shows up, it's easy for them to marry it. That, okay, this is, this is what you call visual identity. Is that okay? Symbols. Symbols. All right. Improve the quality of sound and music in your church. Improve the quality of sound and music in your church. I'm sure we mentioned that in one of the sessions. Make sure your sound is good. Have good sound. Spend, spend money on sound. Yes, good money on sound. Make visitors comfortable. Make them feel loved. Arrange special parking spaces. Let there be parking spaces in your church. Good parking spaces, good greeters, warm welcome, good information desk. Music before and after services is also very good. My time is up and I see have facilities to talk about. God bless you. Good morning.